This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Mayor Culpa Podcast. Special Prosecutor Jack Smith just delivered another brutal smackdown of Donald Trump with a perfectly timed superseding indictment in the classified documents case. The new charges include the handling of surveillance footage and charges related to Trump's unauthorized possession of a document that he was previously heard discussing on an audio recording. Carlos de Oliveira, the head of maintenance at Mar-a-Lardo, has also been charged with obstruction and conspiracy for deleting the surveillance footage. He allegedly told another employee that, and I quote, the boss wanted the server containing Mar-a-Lago's security footage deleted and asked how long he kept footage according to the indictment. Now, this exchange occurred after a subpoena for security footage had been sent to Trump's attorneys. And that, my friend, is destruction of evidence which leads to the obstruction conspiracy charge. Now, this poor schmuck is likely going to go to prison and will be buried in legal debt for the rest of his life. Why? Well, for trying to please his scumbag boss. And I'm sure this guy will take a plea deal if offered and testify against Trump as well. The superseding indictment charges Trump, de Oliveira, and Trump's sycophant and valet Walt Nada with two new obstruction counts based on allegations that they tried to delete surveillance video footage at Mar-a-Lago in the summer of 2022. It also charges de Oliveira with false statements and representations in a voluntary interview he had with the FBI on January 13th of 2023. The new indictment also charges Trump with possessing the classified document that he was previously heard bragging about discussing on that audio recording made during a July 21, 2021 meeting at his Bedminster, New Jersey golf course. The discussion was previously detailed in Smith's first indictment of Trump, where Trump is heard appearing to acknowledge that he held onto a sensitive military document after leaving office, but could no longer declassify it because, well, at least he acknowledges now, he was no longer the president. So wait a minute, let's see here. I just found, isn't that amazing? Trump says in the recording, this totally wins my case, you know. Except it is like highly confidential, secret. This is secret information. Look, look at this. This was done by the military and given to me. As president, I could have declassified, but now I can't. <laughs> Serious, no shit, buddy. The fuck are you thinking? And the case he was referring to? Well, that was Trump trying to discredit General Mark Milley in front of a bunch of reporters and a Mark Meadows biographer. So here's what I got to say to that. Oops. Now you fuck, buddy. What? Are you, I, seriously, what the fuck are you doing? Trump gave an interview to Fox News after his indictment where he denied that the material in his possession at Bedminster was even a classified document. And he says, it wasn't a document, okay? I had lots of paper. I had copies of newspaper articles. I had copies of magazines, Trump then said during the Fox interview. There was no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. But the new superseding indictment against Trump says that the document cited by Trump in the Bedminster conversation did indeed have a classified marking of top secret no foreign and involved the presentation concerning military activity in a foreign country. So that now brings the total charges that Trump is facing in the case to 40, 40 charges. He's also accused of making false statements and representations, conspiracy to obstruct justice, withholding a document or record, corruptly concealing a document or record, concealing a document in a federal investigation, and scheming to conceal. This is nothing more than a continued desperate and flailing attempt by the Biden crime family and their Department of Justice to harass President Trump and those around him, the Trump campaign said in a written statement after the new charges came down on Thursday. 
Well, just so that they understand that the charges carry potential prison sentences. Though, it's not at all clear that Trump will even be convicted. Now, each count related to the Espionage Act violations alone could carry a maximum sentence of up to 10 years. And for the conspiracy and false statements charges, it's five years per offense for an obstruction charges. Well, that's a whopping 20 years. And once again, the old maxim that the cover-up is worse than the crime, well, in this case, it proves to be true. And no matter how much Trump moans and groans on social media or stomps his little feet in public, these charges will keep coming, drip by drip, charge by charge. From the documents case to the looming 2020 election indictment to the hush money case and finally the upcoming Georgia indictment. I mean Trump is completely and totally encircled. For Trump there appears to be only one way out and that is to win the election which by the way is a terrifying fucking prospect. I mean after all a sitting president cannot be charged with a crime. It's the reason Robert Mueller did not contemplate criminal charges in his own investigation. So, Trump will continue to deny, 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 deflect, deflect, deflect and fundraise off of these charges. And now for the main event. My next guest on Mea Culpa is Joe Trippi heralded on the cover of the New Republic as the man who reinvented campaigning. Trippy pioneered bringing politics into the digital age. Most recently, he's brought his campaign savvy to the Lincoln Project, where he serves as a senior advisor. With Trump a target of federal prosecutors and state DAs, Trippy is targeting the MAGA machine that continue to prop up divisive politics. Lately, his scorn is being directed at Ron DeSantis, who the GOP hoped to dress up as a more palatable Donald Trump, but instead got a fucking zombie hall monitor, well, with a terrible mean streak. And you can listen to Joe's podcast, The Trippy Show, everywhere that podcasts are found, or see him on MSNBC, on CNN, and NBC. So today, we'll go into all things Trump indictment, but also look at how the GOP has lost an entire generation of voters as it clings to the poisonous politics of its MAGA base. Excited for this? Well, you should be. So let's go now to that conversation. Okay, so Joe, look, lots to talk about. Indictments flying, letters, you know, flying. It's out of control already that it's hard to believe It's truly hard to believe that this is American politics. Former President Trump is now again facing new federal charges over his alleged refusal to return classified documents to federal authorities after he left the White House in violation of the Presidential Records Act. So yesterday, they file a 60-page superseding indictment, right, whereby it accuses Trump of directing a new guy, there's now another yeah. person involved in this, Carlos de Oliveira, who was a maintenance worker at the Mar-a-Lago Club. And they're charging him with attempting to destroy security camera footage that was allegedly being sought by the federal investigators in the summer of 2022. Now, you can't make no, this shit up. It's like right out of The Sopranos. And Donald is like Tony Soprano. It also further alleges that Trump possessed and shared literally top secret plans, U.S. plans that dealt with allegedly Iran, which now also charges him with an additional count of willful retention of national defense information. Again, you can't make this stuff up. As the political strategist that you are, what, is, what did Democrats need to do in order to change the minds of some of these Republicans that to this day, no matter what the guy does, they're still behind him despite all of this? 
I, look, I don't think there's anything Democrats can do. I mean, you've been talking truth to this power for a long time. It's changed. I mean, the minds that have been changed, I think, have been changed. But, man, you and I know the hold that, uh, that Trump has over his supporting base is just, uh, I, I don't think any there's anything you can do to knock that off. I do think it's damaging him with independents uh, and some moderates that would normally vote you know, still vote for them, but they're going to, you see erosion there, uh, Michael, but uh, I don't know, what do you, I mean, do you really think there's any, I mean, even this will will break it, any of his base away from them? And and you also know better than I about how the cowardice, uh, you know, a lot of people, you've had the courage to get out there and, and speak the truth, but too few Republicans have, still today, still today, they're defending him over this. Yeah, I mean, I listened to Mark Meadows. I was listening to, uh, again, Jim Jordan, and they still defend Trump, claiming that this is the weaponization of the Biden administration Justice Department in order to prevent him from running in the 2024 election. Now, I don't understand what additional message that Democrats need to put out. And I give Biden a lot of um, a lot of kudos for not coming. I know I would not be able to do what Biden is doing. I would have been sitting at the Lincoln desk in the Oval Office with the cameras rolling and basically knocking Trump on his ass. He's now accused, and this is, I would say, Republicans. We're all Americans. Right. Republican, Democrat or independent. Your leader of the party right now is accused of making false statements and representations to government, conspiracy to obstruct justice, withholding a document or record, corruptly concealing a document or record, concealing a document in a federal investigation, and scheming to conceal. Is this really who you want to be our leader? That's the kind of message I would like to see, God. But I give a lot of, I give Biden a lot of kudos for not doing it because it shows the restraint that a president should have. And it's not a restraint that Trump would oh, no. show if the shoe was on no, the other not foot. not on the other foot at all. He would be all over it. I do think that, that what's what's striking is that there's no Republican voice who has set, gone to camera and said exactly what you just said. I mean, that's, that's who people might listen to. I think that we're so polarized right now that if Biden did that, um, I don't think that it would take any of the, you know, there, no one would hear it that, that are, uh, uh, you know, Republicans would think it's, you know, oh, he's now politicizing the White House. Are they already, he politicized, you know, they're already talking about the, you know, defund the FBI and DOJ. I mean, I just think that that's, but, but there's no Republican that will say what needs to be said. I mean, even former presidents, I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, you know, people who are in office now, but there are other there are people who could look into the camera and say this and a- ask that important question. I think it's it's you're, you're doing it now, but we need we need more. I also think that the best thing for Biden to do, frankly, uh, as you see, is is to keep doing what he's doing. Just govern, do it right. Don't make a lot of noise. Just get things done, which also is a is a uh, contrast with the loud, crazy chaos of Trump. Um, you know, what I wanted to ask you, I, I know you've talked about this, but how how is it that these that he has this loyalty that these that these guys would do this for him? Um I mean you've been I've been there. I've seen how the hold he has over people um you know individually, but how does it how does how do, I, I guess well do, do do you see them them turning on him now uh, uh, you know flipping on you him know, or it's a question yeah it's a question that was asked of me this morning when I was on CNN uh, with Erica Hill and um, well Poppy Harlow was supposed to be on but it was just me and Erica Hill and he's a cult leader plain yeah. and simple and this is a cult that's predicated on racism on sexism, misogyny, xenophobia, homophobia, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, white privilege, etc. And for whatever the reason is, they don't care about stuff like this. In fact, they celebrate 
when his campaign, through him, puts out a statement such as this, and I quote, this is nothing more than a continued, desperate, and flailing attempt by the Biden crime family and their Department of Justice right. to harass President Trump and those around him. I want you just to stop for a second and think, and I want my listeners to think for a quick second about what that one-liner is actually saying here. Really? The Biden crime family? Is he not looking in the mirror? Well, this is a guy who is now... Yeah. Of course, it's it, it's deflection, it's projection, it's all the things that Donald Trump does best. But you know what else he does best, Joe? He plays the victim. Yeah. Oh, woe is me. They're coming after me, your favorite president. They don't want me to run because they know I'll win like I won in 2020. This is a guy that is reliving a bad day trying to rewrite history the way that he wants history to remember him as a winner, but he just seems to be losing at every single turn, and he deserves to lose. I mean, I want people to think for a second again about the nonsense of what's going on here. You have a guy who is holding top-secret documentation, right. allegedly about Iran, waving it around like it was the Powerball ticket win, Screaming and showing it to people who have no right to be seeing it, placing our national security in jeopardy. And I wrote this to some idiot on Twitter this morning when I said, God forbid that we see another attack on American soil as we did you know, during 9-11 as a result of Trump's wanton and reckless disregard for top secret national security information, and more importantly, something that I've been talking about since day number one, what the FBI and government needs to do now is to track every single place that yeah. Donald Trump went since the day he left the Oval Office, and they need to find out where he was, what he took with him, who he met with, and those people need to be approached and they need to be questioned and I'll tell you who else needs to be questioned, Jared and Ivanka Trump, because this unholy relationship with Saudi Arabia, with Mohammed bin Salman, look, we all know that MBS was and continues to be concerned with Iran's yeah. aggressions towards Saudi. And now all of a sudden you have a top secret plan of attack by the United States against Iran. What did we become their police force too? No, and they get a $2 billion investment from 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 the Saudis. I mean, you know, it's uh, you, you, it doesn't take a whole lot to connect the dots and see uh, and, and ask the right questions. I'm sure uh, hopefully uh, Jack Smith and, and uh, Justice Department and the team are, are, are on to those questions because I think they're, they're good ones. But what's really crazy is how obvious two things, how obvious this is and how it appears that Trump went around his, you know, hid all this from his his attorneys. I mean, it, 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 it the the attorney gets the call, um, the subpoena for the for the the tapes. Um, literally, the attorney calls Trump. Trump then then all of a sudden you you the other you know these two um, uh, the new guy and uh, Nalta. De Oliveira. Yeah. So now, actually, there's three. Joe, there's three new guys. You have yeah, Nada, yeah. right? Walter Nada, who is this body yeah. guy, right? You now have this guy, De Oliveira, right. who's the property manager. And I'm not sure. That he, I don't believe he's the director of the club. I think he's the property manager. He takes right. care of the property to make sure the pool is properly pH'd, whether or not the grass is properly cut, you know, whether or not uh, there's painting or anything that needs to be done. And then there's another guy, too, named Tavares, who supposedly De Oliveira was in contact with in this um, audio room right. to discuss how to wipe servers clean because that's what the boss wanted. Right. I mean, the exact language, right? <laughs> it's, 
It's he tells a colleague, and I believe that's the Tavares guy, that the boss wanted to wipe a server storing the surveillance footage clean. And this is after they got the letter from right. government well, the, the, demanding that they ensure that everything, you know, not be wiped clean, that they preserve all documents and all footage and all right. video and so, so on. In law, we call that spoliation. So, yeah, but do you th th that's what I'm saying. My reading of that was that as soon as his lawyer said there was a subpoena, he didn't tell the lawyer, OK, I'll get everything. He just hung up the phone and then started this without telling the, his attorneys. Is that I mean, do you is that how he operates? I mean, is that something that am I crazy or is that exactly what you think happened here? No, I don't think he right. cares. Okay. You, they served the subpoena on him. He looks at the subpoena and he's like, ah, if it was softer, if it was two-ply, I'd use it to wipe my ass. He doesn't care about it. And as far as he's concerned, who would know? Right. In fact, he actually goes on his untruth social and he posts, <laughs> I quickly provided security tapes from Mar-a-Lago on the boxes hoax as a defense, as a defense claiming that none of this is true. Right. I mean, it's amazing. He sees things in a way that only he sees. The facts don't comport with what he sees. Right. And the way that he tells the story is quite different than the reality that other people. And, you know, something that has not really been discussed that you and I should. What people don't understand is that the Trump organization is actually a very oh, small yeah. company, only really a yeah. handful of people, a dozen or so people really run the entire company. And of course, you know, yeah. I was one of those in the inner That's circle. That's where we first So met. they don't really understand yeah. how things exactly. And a lot of people don't understand, while there's a server at Mar-a-Lago in that audio room, there's a server in every single Trump property that's attached to the security cameras. And those servers connect to a platform. And it bothers me, I can't remember the name of the platform to save my life, but there's a platform that all of this information in real time gets uploaded right. to. And all that information goes to basically two people. Matt Calamari, the COO of the Trump Organization, and his son, Matt Calamari Jr., who's the head of security, who basically has the ability to look on any camera that's in the Trump, yeah. right? It, it's in Trump world so, anytime that he wants. So not only would they have needed to get rid of, to uh, delete the server that was there at Mar-a-Lago, but I don't know whether or not they realized that they had to delete it from the server and the platform up at Trump Tower under the control of the Calamaris. Now, I believe they do. And I believe that the superseding indictment is one paragraph that has um, something about that they spoke with Trump people. And I believe those people are uh. the Calamaris. And I actually, and I know that they were called in to testify and whether or not they provided this information. You know, I could tell you one thing. Neither of the Calamaris want to end up Dealing with like what I had right. to deal with, especially not the jun not junior. He's a young right. kid, right? And senior is, you know, in his 60s. He doesn't want to spend a day in, you know, in any facility. I could assure you that. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, they're they too. I think everybody's providing information, yeah. except for this De Oliveira and this guy Tavares. For some unknown reason, they think that Donald's going to protect them. And if history repeats itself as it has with me and even with Rudy Colludi, yeah. look how stupid Rudy Colludi is. The guy Amazing. didn't get paid a penny for all the shit that he did for Trump. And he's still out there lying on his behalf. Well, I, I think in Rudy's case, there may not be another option uh, in his head. I mean, in his head, he thinks, and some of them, I think, I'm sure, still harbor if Trump gets reelected, I'll get he'll pardon me. You know, that that, that whole uh, angle. Um, I think they're they're crazy to believe that. But again, um, you're right about the history of this never works out that way. Um, uh, and, you know, but but 
the 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 Rudy thing is just incredible. I mean, just incredible. You know, when I said a long time, Joe, on television that I don't think people are reading into this where they really need to, and it's how we started off this conversation, that Donald's actions need to be traced, almost like a Where's Waldo, yes. because of the way that he puts national security into play. Well, this 60-page superseding indictment actually had a small little paragraph on exactly what I had said, and I'm going to quote it. The unauthorized disclosure of these classified documents could put at risk the national security of the United States, foreign relations, the safety of the United States military and human sources, and the continued viability of sensitive intelligence collection methods. All right, that's really yeah. serious shit. I mean, God forbid a million times over that we see another 9-11 as a direct result of this asshole's just complete disregard for process. There's a reason. There's a process. Well, his, his, it, it, I think it was, it, you know, we'll see. But it, it, it's much more likely that it wasn't a disregard for process as much as it was a uh, it, looking for for money. Um, I mean, you, you, I, I mean, that's me. I, maybe I'm wrong, and, and you know him better than, than than I ever did. But but it's just a, I, I mean. Do you think he was trading these secrets for, 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 you, you know, you know, you know, for dough, or or just because his ego? I let me show you this stuff. I mean, what? I mean, what's yeah. his? So I actually I made a comment. I made a comment about that uh, again this morning on CNN. And I had said it a long time ago. I believe it was for nefarious right. purpose, whether it's a get out of jail free card. If you indict me and you try to incarcerate me, we're going to release all of this top secret uh -huh. information, right? Almost as a blackmail, right? right? Uh, or to extort the country not to do it. Or they've already handed out some of this information, which again would make perfect sense as to why Jared Kushner, who's completely incapable of handling money, for, let alone his own family, for the Saudi Investment Authority, despite the advice of the finance uh, committee for the Saudi Investment Authority, that he's not competent to be running their money. But they gave him $2, $2 billion, billion dollars, plus yeah. anyway. So, and, it's, and then he got other monies from the right. Gulf Coast countries as well. So look, to me, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying it's really, it's really plausible. Right. And I think... The national security of this country dictates that an investigation be opened and that they be looked into because, again, you know, God forbid something ends up coming out of this right. that yeah. hurts, you know, innocent Americans, uh, whether they're, you know, domestic or abroad. Yeah. And, I, you know, in, instead of Tommy Tuberville saying what you just said, he's he's holding up uh military promotions because, uh, uh you know 250 people who aren't getting promoted because he he thinks that's the big thing that he needs to stand up to help the military you know it, it's it's to call attention to this stuff and make sure that that uh are uh, you know that our country's safe but I mean, look it's like like i've said a hundred times over there allegiance yeah, to donald is so deep into this dumpster that I don't know what he would have to do in order to get, look, the only, here's the only good thing. And you would know these numbers better than I as a political strategist. He controls 37% of the Republican yeah. party. That's the, that's the statistic. Well, the Republican party is, let's say at best 40% of the electorate here in America. So let's even say hypothetically that number is there are 100 million registered Republicans. He controls 37 million. That's how he's raising the dollars right. that he's raising. He's got them on this, you know, recirculating, uh, you know, donation. So 37 million people, if each one, if only 10% give $10, that's where the money is right. coming from. I think when 
they start talking about how much money he raised in this quarter, 37 million. Well, that's a dollar for each and every one of these people. The problem is, if that's true, 63 million Republicans don't want him as president of the United States. The real question becomes how many of these folks are willing to vote against the party interest in order to protect democracy. However, let's also say hypothetically that there are 100 million Democrats. My point being, you have 163 million potential voters that don't want him versus 37 million that do. And again, it all comes now down to the electoral map and so on. So on a popular vote, he gets killed. But question becomes, could he pull it off in an electoral yes, map? He, yes, he can. Uh, and that, I mean, that's the, the real threat here. First of all, the problem internally in the party is uh, that most of these uh, senators, members, can't win without his 37 million voters. In other words, they, they can't defeat the, with what's left of the Republican Party. They would never win an election if the MAGA uh, Trump his voters stayed home. Um, they need those voters to win, so they got to make sure that he doesn't come after them, and they know he will. Uh, it, it gets into how the, bo- the mob boss controls things, right? So he has them hostage. Uh, some of them wittingly want to be part of it, don't get me wrong. Uh, but then this gets into it. He only got 46% of the vote in, uh, in 2016. He got 46 in a few uh, tenths of a point in 2020. Uh, as you point out, even with you know some independents uh, moving over because they don't like Biden or whatever, um, he can't get to 50. The only uh, Biden got to 51. He can't get to 50, uh, Trump. So uh, because of the things you just laid out, and so how do you win with 36,000 and some you know some folks that you can pull over uh, by by uh, uh, knocking them off of Biden? Well. Simple. Uh, you, you, you get third party candidates out there, no labels, um, Cornell West. Um, you make it so 43 percent of the vote wins you the wins you uh, those states because he can't get to 50 in most of mm-hmm. the, in the, these swing states. Um, and I think that's part of this. That's why Steve Bannon got RFK Jr. to run as a Democrat, even though most of his money when you now look at the reports that are coming out, are are Trump uh, contributors who are giving to RFK Jr. And many of the vendors that RFK Jr. is paying are are organizations and vendors that have helped Republicans Trump. So this is all connected, I think. It's all, um, and that's why I think these third party candidacies, it's all, it's the only way Trump can win. And therefore, and, and if you look at the machinations that he just went through to try to get the get the, the videotapes off the server, if you, you you know you know better than anybody what he would he uh, and Bannon and these guys would try to do to pull off uh, you know to get these these other uh, RFK and others to assist again wittingly or not in putting him back in the White House. That's the threat, I think. Yeah, but you know, it's, that's a very good point because Ron DeSantis recently announced that he would consider right. our RFK Jr. to head either the CDC or yeah. the FDA. So if you would, right, discuss with me the level of pandering that's going on here by DeSantis, oh. right, to the QAnon right, and what... And RFK Jr. with his hand right on the official levers of government would actually no, mean. No, it's crazy. I mean, that's like, it tells you the exactly the pandering, the cravenness of, of DeSantis. But what's all that all in pursuit of? It's in pursuit of the of the Trumpist MAGA voters, right? I mean, that you know, I, I you know, I mean, it's it's fascinating to me that the that RFK Jr. is like. You know, he, he, he it's almost like positioning yourself to be Trump's v- vice president. You know, we all talk about, well, maybe that's what Nikki Haley's trying to do. No, I think I think. You, you know, well, that's what that's what Marjorie yeah, Toilet yeah. Green is trying to do and a whole bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. So, you, you know, he'll do as much damage as he can to Biden. 
in the in his make believe Democratic primary that that uh, you know with no one's going to vote for him, um, but he'll do it. He'll attack Biden and uh, and keep trying to erode at at Steve Bannon's behest. He's going to do that, uh, RFK Jr. And in the end, it's again. I think it's just a, a you know. And, and to get to your point about DeSantis, I mean, it's just it's, I mean, it's just groveling. Um, and pandering in like the most obvious way. I mean, it, it, anybody, I, even Trump wouldn't, I don't think, well, maybe he would. He'd probably get a kick out of making RFK head of the CDC. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just, that just shows you how far the, gone the party is in chasing Trump voters and trying. And in DeSantis's case, he's actually trying to get to the, get more extreme of Trump to take those voters away. It's not working. Because Trump, you know, the, these people want the real Trump. I mean, they want you got the real thing, you know. Uh, and I agree with you. They 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 take glee in these indictments and things. I mean, it, it's like they they celebrate it. Uh, and so I don't think you know DeSantis can compete with that. Even even with these crave and crazy pandering things of of uh, that he's doing with you know talking about RFK Jr. Just talks about how it shows how unserious he is. Um, to to even be in the race at this point, I think. You know, I get so many people who send me text messages, tweets, uh, threads, and all that stuff. You know, asking me, "Oh, you must be so happy. You know, it's a it's a it's a great day for yeah. you. Congratulations!" So I take no pride. Yeah. I really, and I'm not saying this, you know, uh, to be humble. I'm not saying this in order to make myself feel better. I don't take pride in. Another indictment against Trump. I don't, you know, whether it's 37, 40, soon to be 50, 60, 90, whatever the number might might be. One, two, three, four, five different indictments that are going to be charged against him. It is such a bad look for the United States of America. And I've said this before. I don't want to see Donald or anyone, for that matter, indicted, charged, prosecuted conviction simply because I fundamentally disagree with them or I have an ax to grind with them. I want to see them indicted, charged, prosecuted, convicted because they deserve to be. The problem with Trump is every single day is new and new information starts drip, drip, dripping out. You know what ends up? Fucking indictments. That's the whole thing because everything that they do is so dirty and corrupt. And I don't know how many more times I can say to people like Walt Nada, people like Carlos de Oliveira, like this guy Tavares, everybody, fucking run. Do you know what it means? Put on your shoes, put on your sneakers and run as fast as you can. Get the fuck away from him because he will throw you under the bus to protect himself I'll tell you what he's going to end up doing. For example, like to Rudy or to others, he's going to claim advice yeah. of counsel. Like with the Georgia case, it's advice of counsel. And it's how could you blame me? I went to my counsel and all I was doing is following up on what they told me to do. Yeah, no, that's what he's going to do. You're right. And you know firsthand. And that's why I, I still can't believe that these three guys don't after. Seeing the movie, you know, it, it helps if you've seen the movie before. And we've all seen the movie. We know what he's going to do. And yet these three guys look like, you, you know, they may they 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 may repeat the, the, the error. I mean, you know, the, those are the indictments that I think are. are I mean, I, who? Because I, I, I understand a little bit about, look, you know, you, you, these, these three guys, they, they're, they're, they're getting attention from a celebrity, a president, former president. You know, they're, they, 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 they're sending pictures home to their mother of them and the president. You know, and and you get caught up in that. But to go to, and I, so I, I get how you, how he could, you know, cultivate um, their loyalty because I, and you know how how he can do that, how powerful he is at doing that. But to cultivate it to the extent um, where they, you know, are are committing crimes and could spend time in prison, um, uh, that that's that's not 
I'm with you. Run. Just run. I mean, they, you, you look at you. Look at others that have been, you know, like I said. Look at Weisselberg. Yeah. Look, yeah. At, uh, look at so many others, right, yeah. including Bannon, including Manafort yeah. and so on. Now, so, Joe, you retweeted something yesterday that Reed Galen wrote, and I found it really quite important, and I'm going to quote it. If you believe that the GOP will magically return to, in brackets, normal, if Trump loses the nomination, I have a bridge to sell you. 70% of self-identified Republican primary voters want either Trump or DeSantis. The party is irredeemable. The poison has soaked in. So if you would... Unpack for my listeners what you think that Reed is saying here and why you agree with this well, statement. It, first of all, it's like you, you said, Michael, when we were talking before that. Um, if you give, you know, if 36 percent, 36 million Republicans are, are uh, uh, you know, strong supporters of Trump, even though, you know, they may have 100 million. The reality is, and you and I, you know, you, you've been around politics enough to know it's the base of the party that decides who the nominee is. So it may be 37 million, mm-hmm. but it is, as he points out, 70 percent of the you know of what will be the primary voters in these polls. So, um, uh, you know, and that's why a lot of times the in both parties, the nominee can be, you know, more left or more right or, you know, hard line, et cetera. But but if you look at it. What Reed is saying is true in the base of the party, the 70 the people are actually going to participate in these caucuses and primaries. 70 percent of them. I mean, I think it's like 56 percent or 57 percent said they're for Trump. They've made up their minds and they're not going to change their minds. I mean, I saw a poll that said that like 57, 56 percent. We've made up our minds. I'm voting for Trump and I'm not and I'm not changing. Then you got, you know, DeSantis with 17. You know, this gets you up to that 70% number, right? Once either one. But mm-hmm. the, it's that base that's going to decide who wins that fr- primary. And that's, again, why if you're a senator and that's your the base in your state or your district, and it could be higher in a place like Alabama or whatever, right? It could be, you know, the, 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 the Trump base. Um, you can't, you can't, you cannot cross him because he will come after you and urge that base to 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 stick it to you um and like i said it's the mob boss thing again and so he's created this party that is is as reed says irredeemable there's nothing left of uh uh you, you know of of what was the Republican Party that you and I knew for most of our, you know, most of our, uh, you know, as we were growing up, it's gone. Um, Now, how how that plays out, again, I think this goes to, um, it usually takes a party like three cycles of getting its butt kicked before it wakes up and, you know, and throws the guy off off the rails um you know so i think 2024 if he still has as unbelievable as it sounds a a real shot at ending up back in the white house because of these third party um strategies because of rfk jr because of you know uh, the strength of his base he's probably going to be the nominee of the party indicted uh, or, you know, no matter how many indictments um, and and, you know, again, because he doesn't have to get to 50. If you have these third parties, there's actually a shot that he could end up in the White House again. Um, that's the threat. Uh, and it ha- if it's defeated this time, then then I think after 2020, after 2022 and now a, a, a defeat in 2024, that movement that he's given life to isn't going to go away. Uh, it'll be there. In fact, I'm more worried about after January, what we saw on January 6th, if, uh, uh, if he's defeated, you know what he's going to do. It'll be, it, it, before it even cu- comes, he'll be talking about how they're stealing it, uh, that the only way he can lose is if, he's, if they steal it, and we cannot let them steal it. 
you know, uh, uh, yeah. and yep. and I, I'm I think January sixth will look um, look like a you know a, a birthday party compared to what what he made. Yeah, yeah. The only problem with that is the government made its mistake once before. They're never going to allow that to happen. They're never going to yeah. just take it at you know at the oh, base yeah, yeah, yeah. level. They're fully they they're going they're fully onto what's yeah. going on here not to mention groups like yeah. the oath keepers and so on so many of them have been indicted incarcerated yeah. had their lives turned upside down without any support from the former president at all despite the fact that he told them that he would make sure that they're all okay and so a lot of them like a Stuart Rhodes they all turn their back on him now so you're not going to have that same lunatic fringe base I hope so. that's out there. I hope you you're know, right. But I do want to, well, I, I can okay. assure you on that. And, and rest assured, our law enforcement around this country, we're the, we're the best in the world. And there's no way they're going to let, you know, another January 6th ever happen again. You know, you know the old expression, fool yeah. me once, right? Shame on you. Fool me twice, shame mm. on me. Well, that's what it would be. And they're never going to. They're the slightest inkling that some shit like this is happening again, they're out in force to make sure that it does not yeah. happen. So let me ask you this thing, because yesterday, David Atkins wrote that right-wing think tanks like Heritage and uh, ALEC are institutionalizing and providing a blueprint to enact Trump's attempt to turn our democracy into a far-right dictatorship. I mean, that's a big yeah. deal and means that the threat will not yeah, end won't. with Trump. So if you would do it, unpack for my listeners what these think tanks do and how they're working behind the scenes to create a far right political ideology that will actually last generations to come. Well, I mean, fundamentally, you look at I mean, everything from the Federalist Society uh, on a mission to stack the courts uh, and Trump was a big part of that. Uh, uh, you have Alec and others uh, that work to change the laws. It state legislatures change the laws so that the, they can uh, uh, rule against the. I mean, the, the state legislature can say that the election, uh, the person who won, uh, there were problems and declare their own electoral slates, uh, electoral college slates. Um, it, you know. It, the coup on January 6th, the failed, you know, mess that that thing was, um, uh, they've gone to school on it. And they're rewriting laws to make a lot of what they tried to do legal. Uh, in other words, if, if a state legislature passes a law now that says these mm -hmm. are the rules in this state, and if this happens, we get to declare a, an electoral college slate and... That's what happens, and they send the legislature's slate. That's all legal under you know under some of these states now that, that are going on. Um, the same with changing you know the, the voting procedures and, uh, and and look at Alabama, Alabama, Trump's Supreme Court tells them that they have to have uh, two districts. They can't have one district that's African American because. Uh, just because of the way they drew the gerrymandered the lines, there there need to be Alabama's twenty five percent black, twenty five. They have one of seven congressional districts that a black could could win win it. Um, the supreme the the Supreme Court ruled that it has to be two, and you know what the Alabama legislature did? They they went back, redrew the lines. So there's still only one, passed it, and said, go to hell. There's going to be only one. This is a legislature and a governor. That's what they did. They're they're ignoring the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, you, you know, this is like so. These legislatures, and, and again, all of this is with Federalist Society judges. With uh, I mean, with with um, uh, legislatures where they where Alec gets these bills passed, and it's not just them. You know, uh, David Pepper. Uh, calls it la laboratories for autocracy, where each state is now controlled by the Republican Party, is a laboratory where mm -hmm. they just keep passing autocratic rules that help the autocracy 
take take hold nationwide. Um, and so, and by the way, and, and Michael, you, uh, David Atkins, right? This has been, this has not been like it just didn't start with Trump. This has been going on for 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And Trump was just an incredibly powerful vessel for them to, to you know, you know, for them to get behind, um, and the synergy between him and this movement, uh, it, it, it is so powerful that they are really on the verge of being able by changing the rules by going, you know, it, they're on the verge in 2024 of pulling it off. Uh, because if, uh, if Trump it's gets remarkable. in the White House, you and I both know the, the democracy, the, our country as we know it will um, will be will be uh, uh, will be you know wrecked. I mean, just you know, uh, uh, and people's uh, people. It's like democracies die because everybody was asleep while it happened. You know, they it's it, they they everybody wakes up too late to to realize no, it really can happen here, and and it. You know, over two years ago, Joe, when I started this podcast, one of the things that I said early, early on, and you could look it up, that Trump had a saying that he thought that he had heard that he thought was just genius. And it was a a Putin statement. And I don't know if you remember, because in our earlier podcast that we've done together, I turned around and said, it doesn't matter who you vote for. All that matters is who's counting the vote. And we are seeing that and, every single day and right Trump, now. And Trump and did say is, that, and you did call and, it out. I remember that. That's what I'm saying. So this, that's how the, that's how this movement of these committees and think tanks are working in 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 a, uh, in tangent with to do exactly that to 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 make sure that uh, he who counts the votes wins, and they intend to count the votes, and that's how Trump with. And I think all this other nefarious stuff, too, like Robert Kennedy Jr. and third party antics are all designed to put this in place. And then once it's in place, they can change the laws to permanently keep it in place, which, you know, Trump would love. So um, it's all I think we're at this moment now where it's all hands on deck. You've been saying this for for a couple of years, but it's all hands on deck. This is this is. This is the one we we've got to stop him from getting into the White House. We've got to hold him accountable. Okay, so yesterday the Washington Post reported that Rudy Colludi Giuliani admitted to making false statements about Georgia election workers Freeman and Moss, mom and daughter. In doing so, he's opened the door to admitting that claims of yeah. a stolen election were nothing, were nothing but a fantasy. And admitting to these claims in court, how do you think that it'll impact the various cases against Trump, who was still right tub thumping about the about stolen elections? Oh. I mean, it's funny because, as I just said, it doesn't matter who you vote for. All that matters is who's counting the vote. He gets his he gets his you know get caught with his hand in the cookie jar, and he's still tub thumping about the stolen election. Yeah, no, and I'll, that, that's it. Goes back to your point about him, uh, about Trump in, invoking that. Uh, I, I was only listening to count. I was doing it on advice of counsel. His advice of counsel, Giuliani, at the, is now saying it was all fantasy. I mean, you know, it, it, it and trying to maintain only that it impacts his, his, you know, his case, not the the, the larger one. But I think it's going to do a lot of damage uh, because it, it it makes it pretty clear that um his counsel knew uh what was going on and and he knew so it'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but uh uh i i still think one of the more amazing stories uh that i never i just wouldn't have seen it uh is that the you know the fall of giuliani and what he was uh mm-hmm. to where i mean i i never would have would have you mean to the yeah. clown show the that clown he used show, today? I just never saw that coming. Now, I mean, obviously, I saw that it happened when it, when it started happening. But I'm saying before that, you know, before Giuliani and Trump, you know, I mean, the, that show, I, 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 I would have thought, as I think a lot of Americans did, that, you know, held Giuliani and 
uh, rightly or wrongly, I may have been wrong about him, but held him in, you, you know, as up as somebody who had had done some great things. And now it's just, uh, it, as you say, it's an absolute clown show. You know, but going back to that whole statement about it doesn't matter who you vote for. Think about it this way, too. Right. The right weaponization of the voting booth, which is exactly what they're doing, affects the ability to get quality election workers to these voting booths, which in turn will suppress driver voter turnout. Right. I mean, it'll it will suppress voter turnout. Is this also part of a larger strategy to stifle turnout and to dominate polling places? They I know for a fact that they have some sort of a they definitely have some sort of a plan. They have a big plan. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's all part of the plan. The the everything from RFK Jr. to the, the third party stuff. The laws that they've changed, the voter suppression that they're going to do. This is how that 37 million that you talked about. Yeah, this is how that 37 million who are on fire and will come out for him. They they do that. You you suppress the vote, you split the vote, and you make it so that that's a you know that that's how you you win. You have enough to win, and that's what I think is is going on here. And you're absolutely right. Uh, Michael, you've been right around a lot of things, but I think you're right about um, that That the suppression is a big piece of it as, to, as well. And they do have a plan. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no, I mean, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that this is all part of a voter yeah. suppression uh, plan that they yeah. have. So let me ask you this then, because the impending indictment of Trump in Georgia by the Fulton County DA, Fonnie Willis, on racketeering charges may prove to be one of the most significant of all of the pending charges, right? Can you unpack for my listeners why you think that Georgia could be the one that puts Trump away, really, for the rest of his natural-born life? I, th- I you know, I, I keep, I, I would have thought that, by the way, uh, until this, this last, this new information on Mar-a-Lago it may be the one that puts him away because, uh, because as you point out, we're talking about Iran. We're talking about national. I mean, literally, what the risk of what he's done there, and now there's real evidence. I mean, it's it's kind of like, you, you know, pretty clear uh, what what those charges are and how real they are. So I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's a close call, but I actually think Mar-a-Lago, which I had at the beginning thought, well, it's a quick. It's a it's a strong case, but that may not be the 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 the, the you know the one that puts him away. I think Mar-a-Lago may do it uh, before we ever even get to the. You know, look. So I've been very uh, you know upfront about this. I was watching David Schoen, the lawyer. Remember, he did uh, Trump's second impeachment and so yeah. on. Criminal lawyer, the whole nine yards. I listened to him on television today spew the things that we all knew that he would say. Here's the thing. These cases, like this one that is coming up now, Trump is going to look to find a scapegoat. And whether it's going to be to Oliveira, whether it's going to be Tavares, whether it's going to be Rudy, whether it's going to be somebody else, um, one of the things that he's going to do is try to find somebody to scapegoat to free himself. The one that he cannot, believe it or not, is is the one in New York, Ah. the Manhattan DA case. It's such a simple case to prove. It's not sexy. And I grant everybody that all of our bullshit, it's campaign finance, it's business records and all that other stuff. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. It is illegal and they will hold him accountable. It's just plain and simple. Okay, so... So, Joe, as you know, on mea culpa, the hour goes by very quickly. So I have just one last question for you here. On CNN, you recently argued that the GOP is on the verge of losing a generation forever. Now, you compared it to the Reagan revolution of the 80s, which did the exact opposite and captured a generation. I mean, giving them a path to victory. If you would, because this is really important. 
Unpack for my listeners what you meant and how the generation lost won't be the folks, you know, propping oh, up Trump. At yeah, the no, polls. look, this is a really easy one. Uh, generation Z uh, is the most diverse generation in our history. They do not, they do not, at all, they are repelled by racism, anti-Semitism. They're repelled by racism anti-Semitism, uh, the, the, the homophobia, xenophobia, they're repelled by it. And they're repelled by Trump. Uh, he lost them by 30 points in 2020. Um, uh, he is, and, and this gets back to the Reagan thing, uh, you know, back during the Reagan revolution, an entire generation of young people joined the Republican Party and voted for Reagan against uh, because Democrats were repelling them. That generation is it was the base of all victories the Republicans have had ever since Reagan. I think that what Trump is doing is creating that same generational divide, but in the opposite direction. He's repelling Generation Z. And, you know, and it's other things too, climate and other things that they care about, but my, my gun violence. But my point is that him and what he represents and the issues that they see in their future and that the Republican Trump, they, they don't, you know, just don't aren't doing anything about or making them worse is uh, that 30 percent loss in 2020 is going to be bigger in 2024. And that mimics what happened with Reagan in 1980 and 1984, those two cycles and that generation locked in. If they lose this Generation Z, particularly, as you know, the Trump base and the Republican base is older uh, and they're passing away. They're going to they're 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 going to leave the, the scene soon um, as mm -hmm. this big generation you know, comes a voting age. That's it. They've lost it. For, that's why 2024 is so important. Generation Z can save the country. Um, and uh, well, I think Generation Z will yeah. definitely save the country. There's no doubt in my mind. Listen, Joe, I want to thank you, as always, for your insight, for your strong voice when it comes to dealing with this, because I like you, I believe that we are on the precipice of the loss yeah. of democracy like we have never seen before in yeah, history. I agree. And it's all, it's all now is the direct result of one man who is morally bankrupt and actually wants to become an autocrat instead of yeah. a president. And we've seen that before. Yeah. So I want to thank you for joining me today. Rest assured, I need to have okay. you back. Stay yeah. safe, my friend, and I will definitely Thanks, see Michael, you soon. Thanks, Michael, and I hope people give Bad Trippy Show a listen. I really enjoy being on with you, and thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks, Joe. And now for today's mea culpa. In the coming years, when the movies are made about this era, they will undoubtedly focus on the absolute incompetence and fucking stupidity of Trump and his co-conspirators. They are easy comparisons to be made about the Trump documents case to Watergate. But the so-called plumbers who broke into the Democratic National Committee headquarters were a crack group of Navy SEALs compared to the fucking imbeciles doing Trump's bidding. I mean, it's irresistible to laugh at these men who referred to Trump in mafia-like respect as the boss. But it's also dangerous. I mean, the more we laugh and roll our eyes, the more we are disinclined to care about what happened. Trump and his attorneys want you to think that this is no big deal. I mean, who cares about some documents? Much ado about nothing. But the more we make it into a joke, the less a jury will be inclined to put Trump away for these crimes. The trial set is May. It's being held in Fort Pierce, Florida, which is smack dab in the middle of what? Of Trump country. And all it takes is for one recalcitrant MAGA diehard to set this man free. Basically, what will they do? They will cause a hung jury. So let's make sure that we are treating this with the seriousness and the respect that it deserves. Yes, these people are absolute fucking buffoons, but what they have done is deadly serious. So let's all keep this in perspective. Let's make sure that Donald is held accountable for the crimes that he committed. 
and stop making fun of it because there's no joking matter here. And as always, thanks for listening. Mea Culpa is brought to you by Audio Up, Midas Touch, and LSJ Media. Written by Jimmy Jelinek. Our editor and managing producer is Lisa Orkin. Our executive producers are Jared Gustad, Jimmy Jelinek, and myself, Michael Cohen, along with Phil Alberstadt. It may be a new day politically, but nowadays the landscape is more confusing than ever. Donald Trump may have lost the battle for the presidency, but in many ways, Trumpism is still winning the war on the state and local level. Maya Culpa is here to help guide you through the wilderness and keep you informed. And let's face it, we all want Trump, Rudy, and the rest of these seditious traitors to see justice. And folks, I promise you, it's coming. So stay tuned as I guide you through the twists and turns of the criminal process that will ultimately see them behind bars. Maya Culpa, nothing but the truth. This is my